Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 240 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, how are you doing, man? I am doing great. Just fantastic. If there wasn't all the smoke outside. <laughs> Dude, these, these fires are raging out here in California. It's insane. It's like a weird shade of yellow outside to mm-hmm. where it doesn't actually really get sunny during the day. It's just a weird smoky haze praying for all the families that are being distressed and uprooted by the fire. Uh, there have been evacuation warnings here in Tracy and it's just been nuts. But really aside from that, aside from hoping that all the families that are affected by the fires are getting out, they're safe. Just have bang coursing through my veins, pumping through my veins and it is sour heads this week, Jeff. And I wanted to touch on something that happened this week, just very briefly. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We got a negative email that came in and that isn't uncommon. That happens on occasion. You just brush it off and move on. But this one was particularly bad. You shared it on Twitter. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to get into the details of it, but I want to shed some positive light on what went down. And that is the community that stepped up behind us and basically stuck this clown on an island and didn't put up with what he had to say. It was like that scene in Step Brothers where they're in the interview and she asks (laughs) the question and John C. Riley rolls out from behind Will uh, Will Ferrell. Oh, hello, pretty lady. But it was like a thousand heads behind us rotating out like, oh, hello, crazy email. Like, it was incredible the way everybody jumped to our aid, came to our support, and really, like I said, just stuck that dude on an island and didn't stand for it and pointed it out. And I thought that was incredible. People that we don't even have following our account saw what went down. The major podcast, I'll mention them, they jumped in, pointed out that it was, as they said, gross. Totally agree with them. And I do want to point out that the Chick Foley show actually stepped in recognized that their show was kind of implicated in that email and their listener base donated to dad's computer chair. So I'm happy to announce we have the money for the chair. We will be purchasing it this weekend. There will be a video forthcoming that will be posted to Twitter of dad receiving his chair. And I just want to throw out a huge thank you to everybody who stepped in, pointed out the nastiness of that email, called the guy out, He was really the only one on his own doing this stuff. And really our listeners and everybody just kind of stepped up and put that dude on an island and called him an idiot. And I just want to thank everybody that stepped in. I want to thank all the listeners that donated to Dad's Chair. And instead of focusing on that negative email, I want to focus on the positive that came from it because that's what this community is all about. We round around each other in times of crisis 
and we make it better and we turn a negative into a positive. That's what we do as a community. And that's what happened in this instance. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Jeff's heart, from the bottom of all of our family's heart, thank you to everybody that stepped up and made this thing a positive out of a negative. I also want to thank Rad Chad, Steve Hoker, Nate Ringskirts, and Randy, my tag team partner, for also donating towards Dad's Chair because they were the ones that kicked it all off. And then the donation from the Foley family also helped out. So we thank them. But also during this, there were other donations being made basically because of this whole email to other charities. And I want to just kind of acknowledge Josh Wallen. Uh, he donated to Toys to Tots. Steve Hoker donated to Rain. And JTW for Life donated to UNICEF, which helps children. It's kind of cool that this one negative that I wasn't even going to post until they took a run at our dad. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to Twitter. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I get that, dude. You normally try to just brush those things under the rug and move on. But that, yeah, not to focus on the negative, but that's kind of what made you want to bring it to light. Yep, exactly. So uh, I want to thank everybody. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Jay, Steve and Josh for even donating to those other charities that I just mentioned. So thank you guys. So it's the cool thing was, is that it took a negative, like you said, and turned it into a positive. It's what this community does. It's why I love it so much and all of the people in it. Honestly, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So Scott, you said you had sour heads going through you, probably the worst bang ever created. You better stop, dude. You'd better stop. I Look, look, look. I will agree with you. It used to be my favorite flavor. It has plummeted down the charts. It has plummeted. But I think that's mainly because it was part of that multi-pack that we were getting and we had so much of it in the fridge. I've kind of burned myself out on it. But how dare you call it the worst flavor? We all know that that's root beer. You know, I never tried the root beer. Ugh, good for you. Stop bragging. <laughs> but in my left hand, Scott, I have a bang. You asshole. You found it. I ordered it off Amazon. Nice. This is Radical Skedaddle. I also have a couple cans for you and Shannon if you guys don't find it by the time, next time I see you. Oh, okay, I take back the asshole part. Yeah, that was a that was a dick comment. But I have <laughs> Radical Skedaddle. <laughs> <laughs> I have Radical Skedaddle and I have chilled it. You guys can Ooh. hear the, yeah, you guys hear that? This is the very first time that I am trying Radical Skedaddle. So here we go. Breaker and Bane say that it tastes like Starburst. So one drink, everybody knows the rules. We're going to see if it stays or if he's going to make it Skedaddle. Ugh, this is gross. Oh, I don't like that face. That's all oh. bad. Oh, dude. Hold on. Celeste. Get, oh no get this out of here <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh dude hold on let me take another swig of that that can't it can't be that bad yeah this was disgusting let me take five more sips oh uh-uh <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you and shannon the uh case that i bought i had to buy a case dude i couldn't even find it it's last <laughs> would you buy 24 cans no 12 12 12 oh that's not bad okay oh my god dude it's like drinking windex or something that's oh no starburst windex maybe you Ugh. haven't done that in years i know those were back in my drinking days of windex <laughs> those cleaning products myers lemon <laughs> mr clean whatnot mr bubbles oh man no all right well there it is it's gonna skedaddle now it's out S sour heads is no longer my least favorite 
<laughs> oh no, that's all bad. It's funny because uh, Toy Guru post, uh, posted something on Twitter the other night uh-huh. and saying that he loves bangs now. And I asked him what his favorite flavor was, and he said it was that one. Oh man, uh, sorry, Guru man, we don't have the same palate on this one. Oh no, that's the first bad review I've seen. But as I knew, as soon as you took a sip of that, the look on your face, uh, uh-uh, <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen. So Celeste needs to come set fire to that immediately. I think she's got her uh, headphones on. She's watching something on her phone or something. (laughs) Oh, no. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. (laughs) Celeste. Oh, let's move on with the show. Anybody can get any of our shirts for Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. Any of them at all. We've got two new designs up over at whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable. Instagram, Fully Posable, WF. P. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts, any of them at all on FullyPosablePodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are on the go. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes like Scott. This week it comes in from Heavy Set. Hashtag one fig community. Give a sweet five stars. He says one bad apple doesn't have to ruin the bunch and one doesn't have to pick sides in an argument they aren't a part of. After the recent Twitter blow up that happened in early July with the major pod and that community, I decided to give fully posable a shot. These guys have been grinding and hustling for years to build their podcast and corresponding community. 100% DIY and that alone earned my respect. Everyone is going to have their own spin on everything and these guys are no different. If you like wrestling, wrestling figs, and other action figure lines, then I think you will like this podcast. Jeff and Scott obviously have great chemistry as brothers and it helps pull you into their conversation. Not always being about wrestling figures helps break up what you might hear on other podcasts and allows them to stand out more. I implore everyone to give these guys a fair chance. Let's end the negativity and come together for the one fake community. Voltron or Megazord, your choice. <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Heavy Set, for the kind words. Much appreciated. Couldn't agree with you more. One fig community is what it's all about. There's no reason for negativity. We kind of touched on that earlier. Uh, if I had to pick, I'm going Voltron. And that's only because Power Rangers is a little bit past my TV watching time. But absolutely, Jeff, you and I grew up with Voltron. Um, I, I got I to go with Voltron over that one. Not to say that the Megazord wouldn't do some damage, but going with Voltron... Thank you, Heavy Set, for the kind words. Uh, when I first heard Heavy Set, I was like, oh, crap, did I send in a review that I forgot about? But it was not me. <laughs> I, that's not my review. But thank you very much for the kind words. And to kind of touch on other action figures, as Heavy Set mentioned, it's kind of something that Jeff and I are trying out. And there has been overwhelmingly positive response to this. I mean, aside from one or two little comments, jabs, whatever you want to call it, there's been so much positivity regarding talking other toy lines be it stuff from super seven stuff from boss fight gi joe transformers he-man it it all kind of goes back to that nostalgia from the 80s that really sparked this show to begin with so we're going to kind of keep pushing the other toy lines we're not obviously we're never going to not talk about wrestling figures that this is a wrestling figure podcast after all But there is so much interest in other toy lines from our listener base. And as I've said from the jump, we tailor this show to what you guys want to hear. So let us know if we're going too heavy into other stuff. Kind of 
maybe yank the leash a little bit and be like, hey guys, kind of come back to wrestling figures a little bit. We try not to stray too far. We really do want to tailor this show to what you guys want to hear. And so far, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. So we're going to kind of keep going in that direction. Do like a an 80-20, say, wrestling figures to other toy lines. And if that's kind of a happy medium for you guys, we'll kind of keep it going in that direction. But we're going to keep throwing it in until you guys literally just hold up a stop sign and tell us to knock it off. So glad you guys are enjoying the content so far. And big thank you to Heavy Set for the positive review. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, why don't you hit up our good buddies over at FOCO? Jeff. Yes. Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do, and FOCO.com is here to help. With FOCO's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from FOCO are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to FOCO.com now. That's FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com. And when you load up your cart and head over to checkout, make sure you enter code WFP10 and save yourself a sweet 10%. Love those guys over at FOCO. Scott, we actually have an update. Uh, do we need breaking news music? No, Radical Skedaddle's still gross. Scott, I do have a little bit of toy spotting. My toy spotting came in from actually Matt Carlos, the independent wrestler out here. Matt Carlos actually sent me a care package. He was, uh, let's just say he was giving me a receipt. And it was a good receipt because he sent over the Kenny Omega from the AEW line. And thank you, Matt. I, I Honestly, I cannot thank you enough for that. So that really meant a lot. That really meant a lot. Beats a stiff punch. That's for sure. Very nice. I know, man. I don't want that receipt from Matt, dude. Oh, hell no. <laughs> but Matt sent over the Kenny Omega AEW figure. This is the very first AEW figure that I, I have in my possession, I should say. I haven't found the AEW figures out here. And he also sent over some buttons, some old school WWF trading card. Uh, the classic? Yes. Very nice. Yeah, dude. It was so cool. And a couple of Matt Carlos uh, swag. So anyways, I really want to thank Matt. That was awesome of him to do. So that's my toy spot, dude. I have been kind of laying low. I haven't been hitting up any pre-orders. Um, I did see that Super Shredder went up on NECA's website and was retweeting for everybody so they could go and get it. Man, how quickly did it go? To my knowledge, it wasn't as bad as it was a couple weeks ago. Because if I'm not mistaken, a couple weeks ago, it was gone within two minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Man, that goes faster than Cobra Troopers. Oh, dude, ain't that the truth? And so that's it for my toy spotting, dude. Oh, okay. Well, let's not forget good brother Mike hooked us both up with a superstar Billy Graham figure. Yes, I've, I didn't know if you were going to get into it or if you wanted me to, but yes, GBM comes through again. Yes, that one was probably after I got Blasty from Jason Wolf. Superstar was next on my list of I've got to have this figure. And as good brother Mike does, dude goes on the hunt and we get that text message. Hey guys, look what I found. He grabbed one for you, one for me. It's on the way. And I'm not done with good brother Mike yet. 
What? Yeah. Good Brother Mike hooked me up strong this week, dude. Good Brother Mike sent me the set of three world's smallest figure G.I. Joes, which consists of Snake Eyes, Roadblock, and Duke. He also, along with you, Jeff... What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. You know what you did. I didn't do anything. You know what you did. This had your fingerprints all over it. Same for GBM. You guys teamed (laughs) up, put me up in the Doomsday device, and instead of hitting me with a clothesline, slapped me with a Razor Ramon Defining Moments figure. Absolutely beautiful. I am so excited to have that one in my collection. There aren't many more Defining Moments that I'm trying to add. That was one of the last ones where I was like, okay, I have to have that figure, but I have to wait for my budget to kind of catch up. And you guys are just like, boom, here you go. So huge thanks to you and GBM for that razor, dude. I absolutely love it. No problem, dude. Yes, GBM hit me up about three weeks ago, I'd say. And he goes, uh, hey, you want to go in halves and get Scott the razor defining moment? I was like, yeah. Incredible, dude. Because I think he had sent me a link and he's like, hey, I knew you were looking for it. And I was like, man, I wish I could. I just don't have the budget right now. And he literally must have disconnected that text message and jumped over on one with you and be like, dude, we got to hook Scott up. So both you guys, thank you so much for getting that one for me because like I said, there aren't many more defining moments that I want to get. That is like a huge check mark on the list now. Um, GBM also this morning texted me. I was up early, by the way. A buddy of mine came out. Our water heater went out last night at like 4.30. So we're stuck without hot water. Had a guy come out, do an estimate. He wanted 1500 and I'm like, God, that's steep. And a buddy of mine hit me up. It was like, dude, if you need to replace your water heater, I can come out tomorrow and help you out. Jumped on Home Depot. So instead of 1500 spent about 700 He hooked me up big. But I was up early this morning because of that because we had to go hit Home Depot around 7 a.m. And I just happened to jump on Twitter when I woke up and liked a tweet from GBM. And GBM immediately sent me a text. And he was like, hey, I saw you uh, responded to a tweet. I am assuming that you're up. Do you got a minute? I was like, dude, of course. He sent me a picture of the Baroness classified with the motorcycle. Lucky. Dude, yes. Lucky doesn't even describe it. Man, those things are like finding unicorns out in the wild right now. And mm-hmm. he found one. He picked it up for me. I immediately PayPal'd him. So it's on the way, along with the Superstar Billy Graham. And also, at Nikki, N-I-C-K-Y, N-Y-722, scooped me up a Baroness retro figure. That is the three and three quarter inch new release. The set of three is Baroness, Storm Shadow, and Snake Eyes. Nikki NY722 on Twitter picked me up the Baroness. And Tim, at a chair shot, good friend of mine, picked me up Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. So I've got the set of the G.I. Joe retros now. I ordered the Roadblock Classified off of Target.com. And finally... Dude, it was like an epic hall week. It was unbelievable. My (laughs) Storm Shadow Classified, the Amazon exclusive, just showed up today, and that figure is sweet. Cannot wait to crack that one open. Of of course, that's not going to happen until the room is complete. I'll be cracking open all my G.I. Joes, the lot from Revy Hoops, the Retros, the Classifieds. I can't wait. It's going to be one huge opening party. But huge thanks to all the guys that helped me with toy spotting this week. GBM, Tim, Nikki, NY722. Big thanks to all you guys. Thanks to you, Jeff, as well. Epic, epic haul week, man. It was unbelievable. Man, you got hooked up big time on those G.I. Joes. Yeah, big time. It's crazy. And you know what's funny, too, is going back to when I was a kid, the first toys I remember having are the old Migos. 
which were around eight inches tall. They were really well articulated. You guys know the Migos. I had all the superheroes. And from there, it went into Star Wars. And mom and dad hooked me up big on the Star Wars line. After Star Wars, it was G.I. Joe. So my Star Wars collection really started to dwindle as far as new stuff goes after 82 when G.I. Joe came out because that really took over my collecting passion until, of course, LJNs rolled around in 84, 85. Then it was almost full-on wrestling. And I was trying to figure out why did I gravitate back towards G.I. Joe and not Star Wars? Because, I mean, I watch all the Star Wars movies. I love them. I just talked about that. I went back and watched a bunch on the um, the Disney Network. But I'm wondering why I didn't go back into collecting Star Wars and I went to G.I. Joe instead. Kind of weird. And I don't have an answer for it. It's just one of those things that crossed my mind. Like, why didn't I go back to Star Wars? Uh, because you do not like Jabba the Hutt. I really don't. I really don't. I was so happy when he got choked out. I still like Pizza the Hutt better. <laughs> Pizza the Hutt's legendary, dude. Oh, dude, he's epic. Yeah. <laughs> I would eat Pizza the Hut. He looked delicious. <laughs> he ate himself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I was Pizza the Hut. <laughs> oh, dude, these GI Joes are a hotbed right now, man. These things are just flying off. The Amazon pre-orders were gone earlier this week. It's it's unbelievable. They go in stock and they're immediately gone. I was happy that you were able to get a Storm Shadow for yourself. Uh, special guest Sean, I think he got one as well. No, he didn't, but I picked one up because if you guys rewind back, the whole reason I got into G.I. Joe's is because I bought those Joe classifieds for Sean for his birthday, and then his wife ended up giving them to him. And I was like, oh, well, now I'm stuck with G.I. Joe's, and now I'm hooked. And that's all it took. The slippery slope. Yep. So anyways, I told special guest Sean, I'll pick you up a Storm Shadow for your birthday since it got kind of convoluted. So Nice. So, Target, ugh, man, I'm I'm so over Target with these exclusives. It's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm not even gonna bash them again. It's like a broken record. I'm just, I'm not even mad. Target, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> no, I'm mad. I'm mad. Who am I kidding? You guys really botched this thing. Speaking of botch, I got a text message from my buddy Norm out here, and he's asking, did Jazzware slash Walmart? botch the release of the AEW figures. Now, here's the thing is that a lot of people are starting to find them a little bit more and more, but it's just feels like it's one big botch because we're not finding them out here. Right. So distribution is very, very skewed. Exactly. Like within about a 30 mile radius, they have not hit. And I've been checking Brickseek daily. Yeah. Actually, let me rewind. So at 5 a.m., Union City Walmart got them in. They were gone in 10 minutes after opening. That's unbelievable. So they're either having crowds show up to buy them or they're allowing... Which they are. Uh, okay. Or they're allowing people to buy multiples more than they should be allowed to buy, which I think is wrong. If, if you're seeing these things fly off the pegs, you've got to limit them. It's up to how the store wants to handle it. But my question to you, Scott, is, is this a big botch by Jazzwares or, and Walmart? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it Chinese New Year? <laughs> I forget. I can't keep track. That's an appropriate answer. Well, you know, and, and there's COVID too. The, all of these things come into play and how many Walmarts are around the country and you've got to figure dates are going to be different. No different than what happened with Target with the GI Joes, blah, 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 breaking street dates, same old story. What I don't like hearing is people seeing the number pop on Brickseek, going to the store, seeing the number still there 
asking an associate, hey, do you have these? Then getting that dreaded line, no, everything we have is out. And then they leave the store two hours later, that number plummets because somebody else went in the back. Oh, here they are and brought the box out. That's so frustrating. That mm -hmm. has to be, or it's employees holding the figures back. That's even more frustrating because you cannot compete with that. Correct. Unless you get to know the employee. That's a totally different story. But man, competition is tough out there right now. But I did want to ask you, Jeff, you mentioned that Matt Carlos got you the Kenny Omega. How's your paint app on it? Oh, it's good, dude. Okay, so the eyes are painted where they're supposed to be painted and they're not offset or anything? Correct, correct. Nice. Okay, because I'm just saying because I have seen some bad paint apps. Uh, correct, correct. And, uh, you know, the other gripes everybody has is the skin tones off. You know, Kenny's not as tanned and, you know, that is all true, but it's not bad. Okay. Okay, yeah, so uh, you're happy with what Series 1 is showing you so far with your Kenny Omega figure? So far, so good. The face is the face is on. The face is spot on. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Skin tone is decent. You're happy with the outfit and everything. You like that figure? Yep. The, okay. The, the outfit is really, really good. I okay. Gotcha. I mean, we're sitting here kind of griping a little bit, and we're in crazy times right now. And we say this with every single toy company: if Series One, their first one out of the gate, isn't to your liking, which I'll be perfectly honest, I'm kind of indifferent on the Series One AEW. I'm not hot and heavy trying to find these things. I just, I, I'm, I'm just not a player in that game right now. I, I might down the road, but I'm kind of on a wait and see approach because I might see him on the pegs and be like, oh, I really do like this Omega or I really do like this Jericho. So I think I'm going to pick him up. I, I'm, I'm really, I guess indifferent isn't really a great word to use. Lukewarm, I guess would be a better word, but I'm on more of a wait and see approach, not just with series one with having them in hand and seeing how they look, but for more series down the road too. A lot of people didn't like FTC when they first started out and they've gotten exponentially better since their first round of ROH figures. And I really feel that Jazzwares with the AEW line, they're listening to the gripes that people have with their series one. And they're already making changes on the fly to ensure that by series two, three, four, five, and so on, those complaints are going to turn to compliments because they're going to fix what's wrong. So by the time series, I would say even three or four come out, all those gripes that we're hearing now are going to be gone. And we're all going to be super happy with the, what we're seeing from the AEW line. I have all the confidence in the world in Jeremy and Jazzwares that anything that's wrong now is going to be fixed. Now, distribution, who knows? We'll see. I know that's been one of the gripes. We just talked about it. But it's more of a wait and see for me on let's see what happens. But just for series one for me personally, I'm eh, kind of lukewarm on it. And that is Scott's personal opinion. Yes, just mine. Which is he is entitled to. Does not necessarily reflect the views of the show, but <laughs> fifty percent of the views of the show. I was I was gonna say yeah, fifty percent of the views, <laughs> just not one hundred percent. Scott, we've got a bit of news to jump into. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, why don't you hit up our buddies over at Manscaped? Yes, guys, summer is here. We're stinky. We're sweaty. Our nails are probably too long. That's why you want to head over to manscaped.com. Load up your cart with the weed whacker, the lawnmower, the shears, Throw them all in your cart. Get yourself some ball deodorant while you're at it. Use code WFP20 at checkout. Save 20% and get free shipping. Keep yourself smelling nice. 
and looking great for summer, manscaped.com. Use code WFP20 at checkout, 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped WFP20 gets you 20% off. Scott, our buddies over at FTC revealed their Chris Candido figure. Chris Candido will come in the black trunks. I I, I gotta say, I love the face on it because it's very reminiscent of Candido. I'm actually going to be picking it up next paycheck. Yeah, it's awesome. And this is actually an early edition that's available right now. Uh, It's going to be numbered. So that puts some nice limited edition on it. And it's going to have accessories that will not be available with the main release. And the accessories that come with this version of Candido are a palette, a chair, and a towel. Great looking figure. If you're interested in getting the early edition of Chris Candido, head over to Figures Toy Company right now and throw it in your cart. Pick it up. Also, I tweeted these out, but maybe you guys saw it, but there are Road Warrior Wrestling Buddies. Now, this is from their NWA late 80s look. These will be available at www.theasylumwrestlingstore.com. These look fantastic. They look awesome except the price tag on it. They will be pricey. They are $250 for the pair, for Hawk and Animal. Yeah, it's steep, but... uh, I mean, I've seen crazier prices out there, right? You can probably get a vintage set for three to 400 bucks. I don't know if the market on Pillow Buddies has slowed down or gone crazy yet. That's about the last price that I saw. But the cool thing that kind of sets these apart from the vintage Wrestling Buddies is they have the spiked shoulder pads and that's raised spikes, not just designed spikes. So they'll actually have the raised spikes and they're going to be the Road Warriors, not the WWF Legion of Doom. So they're going to be in their black shoulder pads, black tights, black boots, NWA reminiscent face paint. So these are going to set apart from the vintage pillow buddies, the red and the black. These are going to be actually Road Warriors and not Legion of Doom. Very cool, hefty price tag. We'll see who the big ballers are getting their Road Warriors sets over at the Asylum Wrestling Store. Also, update to New Japan Wrestling Figures Wave 1 is that there is no update. I got an email from Super 7 regarding the New Japan Wave 1 that I pre-ordered. Hello, everyone. We want to check in with you on the New Japan Pro Wrestling Ultimates Wave 1 pre-order. As many of you know... All of our figures are custom-made and produced in exact numbers. Because of this unique approach to toy design, the production process takes a bit longer than other toy lines, but the results are worth the wait. Please be on the lookout for production updates, including some exciting test shot photos, as we continue through the manufacturing process. Thank you again for your support of the New Japan Pro Wrestling figures and Super 7. Now, here's a little bit more to add on to that that they posted to their Instagram. Wave 1 is due March 2021. Wave 2 with LIJ, well, Evil's now their heavyweight champ and part of the Bullet Club, so he's no longer part of LIJ. Wave 2 is delayed beyond April 2021. So, looks like we gotta wait a little bit longer for those New Japan Pro Wrestling figures Wave 1. Well, like you said, they're worth the wait, man. Those things are incredible looking. If what we've seen so far is any indication, they're going to be well worth the wait once they're in hand. Absolutely. And last bit of news, there will be another Jushin Thunder Liger figure from Storm Collectibles. This one, he will have like kind of like a green on the inside of his cape or his robe. And there will be like a light blue on his horns. It's kind of like his 
look he had kind of towards the last part of his career. But anyways, there will be another one coming out. So that is all of the wrestling news. Scott, what you got? Well, one more bit of wrestling news, Jeff. The Nick Aldis figure that you talked about last week is sold out. Well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Great looking figure. Uh, They had a picture of the finished product up on their website. And I went to look into the ordering details. Already sold out. So if you got one, kudos. It's rare. It's going to probably climb in value almost immediately. So again, if you got your hands on one, huge congrats to you. That's a great get. And congratulations to Chelly Toys for selling out their initial release. Hopefully, it leads to more figures. Uh, On to non-wrestling figure-related news. Boss Fight Studios, there were two more Flash Gordon figures added after the news of last week's Flash Gordon figures from the comics and the Lunchbox movie version. They have come out with another movie Flash. This would, I would consider it maybe like the Battle Gear Flash from the last part of the movie where they're having the big battle scene. And Mm -hmm. Prince Baron. So two more movie Flash Gordon figures were added, Flash and Prince Baron. More Boss Fight Studios news. They are killing it lately. They are releasing Phantom figures. And they are going to be up for pre-order now. And you can get the Phantom and Julie Walker. And they are also going to be producing, not up for pre-order yet, but Phantom and his horse. So, Boss Fight Studios doing big things with Flash Gordon and Phantom. On to Super 7. They did a three-pack of Slayer, Jeff, from their Live Undead. It's a three-pack of figures in a headstone-shaped package. Comes with a Slayer headstone inside the box. Slayer's kind of drawn out in blood. Incredible-looking $54 price tag and available for order now. Only three of them? Yes, three of them. Well, there's four in the band, right? But you get three of them. All right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, I want... I've- Sorry, if, if you're going to make a band, I kind of figure everybody would be thrown in there. But <laughs> Dude, nobody likes the drummer. Come on. Move along, Scott. Y- yes, $54 available for order now. And rounding out with Super 7, Jeff, they did a, speaking of Voltron, Voltron Ultimate is officially up for pre-order. It has metallic paint. It's going to come with accessories, and it is an Ultimate. So it carries that Ultimate price tag. But if you are a Voltron fan... This needs to be added to your collection. Trust me, it's in the fashion of everything else from Super 7. It's incredible. Go check it out at Super 7. Voltron Ultimate is now up for pre-order, and that rounds out the news, Jeff. No G.I. Joe talk, huh? Nothing to announce from G.I. Joe. Nothing at all. So we're we're up to speed on everything G.I. Joe. We discussed it earlier. No new G.I. Joe news. How did you play with your G.I. Joes? Did you just, like, fire their guns, go pew, pew, and just miss everything? Oh, I thought you, like, you meant, did I play with them with my hands or rectally or... Um, Whoa. Yeah, I, I actually treated them like machine guns. If they had a machine gun, it was a machine gun. If it was a laser, like Flash, then it was a laser. It wasn't like the cartoons where everything was blue and red lasers. I actually treated it more like machine guns. So that's that's how I did my G.I. Joes. Yes, characters died. I would get all dramatic with it when there was a death scene. Only if it was a Joe, though. If it was a Cobra, it was very heroic. But uh, if it was a Joe, it was a very drawn-out death. Uh, Much like Duke in the cartoon movie, Jeff. I'm not sure if you knew this or if we've talked about this on the show before. But do you remember the Transformers movie where they killed off Optimus Prime? Yeah, sure do. Yes, it nearly wrecked your childhood, Jeff. And Yeah, it did. And that actually came out before the G.I. Joe cartoon did. Cartoon movie, I should say. Well, when the G.I. Joe cartoon movie came out, 
the original script called for Duke to die because Duke's brother, Falcon, was one of the main characters in the movie and he was a total screw-up and Duke kind of gets killed because of him. But there was so much backlash from the parents about uh, Hasbro killing off uh, Optimus Prime in the Transformers movie that Hasbro reversed course and decided that Duke was not dead. Duke was in a coma. But here's the thing. If you go back and watch that G.I. Joe movie, the scene where Duke, quote unquote, goes into a coma, dude, Duke's dead. Like, you can tell that they adjusted the dialogue and they made that so that Duke wasn't dead, but you watch that scene, Duke dies right there. And at the very end of the movie, as they've defeated Cobra and they're all flying off, there's this voice dub that comes in, almost like an afterthought, and it's like, oh, I just got word that Duke's awoken from his coma. (laughs) But you don't actually see Duke. It's hilarious. The movie still stands up. It's awesome. So is the Transformers movie. It's epic. But... Because of the Optimus Prime backlash when they offed him in the movie, they kept Duke alive and didn't kill Duke. But they were supposed to. Boy, that would have been a big mistake. Oh, yeah. especially. Well, they changed it because of Optimus Prime. So there you go. If you didn't know, (laughs) now you know. And knowing is half the battle. And you know what I didn't know? That Radical Skedaddle sucked. (laughs) Sad. I I had to do a lemon drop chaser, dude. Holy crap, that was bad. Sorry, Bang. Your new flavor sucks. Eh, they're not a sponsor. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Scott, we are going to round out the show with the listener segment. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listener. Scott, we got another audio submission from Nicholas. All right, guys. It's Nick again from London. Um, Just wanted to ask your opinion about this, really. Last week, we had something happening over here in the UK that we labelled Retrogate. Now, a brief story of what happened. We got a notification, or someone got a notification, that Series 9 and 10 Retros had just popped up on a local toy shop here called The Entertainer. And, honestly, all hell broke loose. Everyone was trying to get these figures... Some of us went down there, we picked them up. Um, obviously, you know, Series 9 and 10, especially over here, they, they, you just couldn't get them, you know? So, a few of us got them, and what we done was we made sure that all the guys that needed them for their collections got them, got them for the price that we paid for them. Now, this is the thing. These figures were £6 each. Now, these are the... You know, well, I would say quite rare ones. You know, like the the Green Pants Macho, Samoa Joe, um, Junkyard Dog. Now, now this this is what I want to ask your opinion on, really, because this is what's been playing on my mind. So, these figures hit this shop at £6 each, right? But there's people that have just literally, a week before, paid, you know, £65 for a Macho Man, 45 for a, for an Alton, 100 pound for a junkyard dog. So now these figures are 6 pound each. Should that bring down the value of the of the other ones that people have already paid that price for? So cuz cuz some of the people that have paid this are obviously now fuming. But the people that have not paid that and are getting them cheap are really happy. So where's the middle line, you know? 
what, 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 is, what is the cost of these? Because they are rare. They are definitely rare, you know? And I, I still think, personally, that I would pay upwards of £25, £30 easily for these figures if I needed them, you know? But then there's also the fact that they've just been £6 in the entertainer. So what do you guys think? Do you think that the value of the peoples that paid them before should decrease? Do you think that the values of the new ones that have just turned up should be higher? Where is the middle, you know? So yeah, that's that's just what I wanted to ask you guys, what you thought about that. Keep up the good work, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you, Nicholas, for another fantastic question. I've always gone by the rule of thumb, it's only worth what somebody's going to pay for it, right? If the shop still has the figures at six pounds, then the people holding the more expensive figures, well, yeah, absolutely. Their figure price is now decreasing big time because any Joe Schmo can just walk into that store and buy it for six pounds and off they go um, along with their day. They're a happy camper. But I have to imagine, as you mentioned, everybody was clamoring for those figures. Once again, they're wiped out. They're gone. You can't find them. So that actually plays into the favor of the people that were already holding those figures and maybe did spend more just the day or the week before to get them. Because if it's gone in the store, what they're holding in hand is still valuable because you still can't just walk into any store and buy them. You're stuck going to the secondary market. So while it may decrease a little bit while that store has stock, once that stock is gone, it's game on again. You're going to pay whatever you're going to pay. Hopefully that store gets more in. So the hardcore collectors that did miss out have another stab at them. I highly doubt it. The fact that you guys got series nine and 10 at this stage of the game is mind blowing, but I don't think it's going to do anything really to the values. Cause again, you can't go into the store and buy it because that would absolutely affect the value of people currently holding those figures. If somebody else could just go to the store and buy them for six pounds, obviously they're not going to pay anybody else more than that, but they can't, they can't go to that store and buy them. So if you're holding those figures, as far as I'm concerned, you're still holding gold. The price may have dipped momentarily, but in my opinion, that price went right back up as soon as those figures were wiped out of the store. I like how he called it Retrogate. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Dude, it sucks. I Trust me, I've been down that road where you think everything is off the pegs and then you go to the secondary market, Mercari, eBay, whatever it may be, and you do pay. Well, Jeff, that's kind of our rule of thumb before going to the secondary market, right? Like, we don't play into the scalper's hand. We're not going to buy a figure at two to three to four times its store value when potentially you can still go to the store and buy it for shelf price. We're not going to go to the secondary market until, and I believe we've discussed this before, we're not going to go to the secondary market until we know for a fact that the big box stores aren't going to be getting any more of that figure in. You know that there is 0% chance that you're going to find that figure at a big box store, be it Walmart Target, Big Lots, Five Below, whatever it may be. We're not paying that inflated price until we know that we can't get our hands on that figure at retail anymore. But the bad thing is, is that these figures all of a sudden just popped up at this shop. Right, right. So that's why I get Nicholas's point, 100%. Exactly. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I just saw somebody over in Ollie's find a couple of retros just recently. Yeah. 
I forget where, and it's just like, okay, why are these figures still popping up? Like, shouldn't they all be out? Are people returning them? Don't know what they had or didn't want to sell them on eBay? Or what is causing this? Why are these figures all of a sudden coming back into our lives after they've been on hiatus for over a year? Well, yeah, it's torture, right? Because you think that they're gone. This plays into our rule of thumb that, okay, we know that there's 0% chance that we can walk into a store and find a retro. So now we're playing in the secondary market. Like everybody else that missed them, we're playing in the secondary market trying to get these things. And then all of a sudden, like you said, over a year later, boom, they show it up in some shop for a fraction of what they're worth. Oh my goodness, what is this all about? So to your point, Jeff, where was that stock hiding? Who was holding these magical retros that popped up in the store for six pounds? Like, are you kidding me? Those things are like four to five to six times in some cases more than what they paid for them in that store. So that's frustrating when you've been playing in the secondary market, paying those prices. And then all of a sudden it would be like here, right? You pay a hundred bucks for JYD. You walk into Target tomorrow. Miraculously, Target has the JYD series sitting on the pegs. You're going to be pissed. Because you can't return that JYD to Target for 100 bucks. There's no way. You're stuck. Right. So I understand right. the frustration. But again, it's supply and demand. You can't go to the store now and get those figures that were just sitting there for six pounds. They're, they're long gone. So boom, back into the secondary market. And I would call this Retrogate because we as collectors, we're being tortured. We think that our beloved retros are put on ice every day that passes we're further and further away from them being brought back onto the pegs where we want them or online. And all of a sudden they show up in a store. Like, come on guys, it's bad enough. You took them away and now you're like dangling this carrot. Like, yes, we're still interested and we'll pay for them. Please bring them back. Stop torturing us with retros in the stores. If you're not going to fully bring them back. It's frustrating. Dude, without Toys R Us and KB, we're witnessing the chaos of everything going on without those stores AEW figures and resets and jazzwares and GI Joe figures not showing up on targets pegs and, and NECA, NECA turtles. turtles. Yes. NECA turtles. NECA turtles is a whole different monster, man. Those things are hot right now, but I mean, just we're witnessing everything right now without Toys R Us and KB toys. And that it sucks. Toy stores closing, you know, it, it sucks, but this is the world that we live in, but I mean, still, this is what we have to face right now. Yeah. And under normal circumstances, we'd probably be singing the song of, Oh, just bring back KB or bring back Toys R Us. Well, obviously in this economic climate, that's not feasible. That's totally not going to happen. So we're kind of stuck with what's already here. And we're stuck with Walmart and target who can't handle exclusives properly. God forbid retros come back and they're exclusive. It's bad enough. Do not dump retros on a big box store as an exclusive because then I am going to have to grab my pitchfork and my torch and march to Mattel's front door. <laughs> you want retros back, don't you? Oh, dude, absolutely. And you can almost hear the heartbreak and the frustration in Nick's message. Like we think these things are dead and gone, right? Or at the very best case on ice and actually on quote unquote hiatus. But then they magically show up in a store like what? Like we think these things are on it. Don't dangle them in front of us if they're not going to come back in some way, shape or form. Like, look, this could be some crazy warehouse find where they're like, oh, look, what are these six or seven boxes of figures here? Let's just throw them out and see if they sell. They didn't know what they had, obviously. But man, 
when you hear stories like this, it really makes you want the retros back. Yes, Jeff, I want retros back in the worst way. I want all of the accessories and rings and cages and ring carts. You name it, I want it in the retro line. Tag teams, but please don't make them exclusive. That would be worst case for those things. Online exclusive if you have to, fine, but don't do a retail store exclusive. Another person you can hear the heartbreak in is Steve. Like you can just hear when he talks about him that, and when I say Steve, Steve Ozer, marketing guy for uh, Mattel WWE, Steve wants him back too. He, you could tell that he's trying to bring these back, but they just can't find a way to do it. But like he said, there are new avenues allotted to them to do this. Uh, Mattel Creations. He said new avenues. He didn't say what new avenues, but he said new avenues. Right, and again. The economic climate being what it is, maybe it's not the time. And I get that. I support that. When they come back, I want them to be well supported. So bring them back next year if you have to, if things are better. If not, put them off to 2022. But there's money to be made there for sure. Thank you, Nicholas, for sending in that question. We love your audios, as we said last week. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. This week, I wanted to ask you guys, what are your favorite snacks slash drinks to have in the fall mine are hot chocolate which is something i drink all year round apple cider oreo halloween cookies and the pillberry halloween sugar cookies (laughs) in the uh, in the fall um (laughs) I, i don't know man like i don't really change up anything i have i do drink more tea during the fall but i don't i'm not sure about like certain snacks in the fall what about you scott man i love foodie questions they're like my favorite. I can talk food all day. Uh, you got to start thinking football, right? When fall rolls around, I'm not a big football guy, but I love football food. So wings are big for me. I mean, wings really are year round, but there's something about football season, even though, again, I'm not a big football guy, but football and wings, uh, hero sandwiches. Um, gosh. And what are hero, what are hero sandwiches? Just sandwiches on that special, like the, the longer rolls and not just like white bread, not Chris hero sandwiches, <laughs> uh, soups. Gotta love soups, dude. Like when fall kicks in, that's kind of when you can start doing soups. Like mom makes that killer bacon potato chowder. Oh Lordy. It's incredible. It's just like you talk about a rib sticking soup. That's it. So soups for me, for sure. I don't know about any seasonal coffees. I don't, I'm not a real big, like Starbucks coffee guy. Like the kids are, but I've never been a really big coffee guy. I know Starbucks gets those flavors and the cups and everything once fall hits and people go crazy for it. But I've never really been a big Starbucks coffee flavor guy. If I go to Starbucks, it's like just a regular iced coffee. I'll get that all year round. So obviously fall rolls around, the special cups, the special flavors, the kids want to go to Starbucks more. I'll just stick with my Trenta iced coffee, sweetened with cream, and I'm a happy camper. I'm good to go. But yeah, you think fall like soups sandwiches, wings, and one of my favorite things to do during football season is to go to the the supermarket and buy sausages and cook up sausages on football Sunday. Buying some hot dog buns or some rolls, throwing the sausages or the brats in there, and, oh, dude, I love it. And that's all when fall kicks in. 
So I will say during Christmas time, I do drink a little bit more hot chocolate. What we do is we always walk down what they call out here in Alameda. They call it Christmas Tree Lane. It's one of the longest running uh, streets that is always decorated. It's like it's like notorious or whatever. Anyways, but I like walking down there with a thing of hot chocolate. But it's funny because we walk down there and by the time my hot chocolate cools down, we're already done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Perfect. Like, well, that was a waste. <laughs> it's like we have to we have to make it four hours before or something. <laughs> but I love walking down there with a thing of hot chocolate. I do love that very, very much. Well, and of course, when fall kicks in, then you start to look forward to Thanksgiving dinner. And of course, oh, yeah. Christmas Eve and Christmas dinner. And it's it's awesome. I love fall. I'm not a big summer guy at all. I've never been a fan of the heat. I'm a big fan of fall when things start to, uh, to cool down a little bit. And you know Halloween is right around the corner. And then, boom, you got Thanksgiving. Then, boom, you got Christmas. Then, immediately, you've got New Year's. And, of course, New Year's, you got to drink. Like, that's – you got to drink on New Year's. I don't know if I've had a sober New Year's in forever. So, yeah, that's (laughs) that's my cue. Like, when fall hits, I know there's all that stuff to look forward to. One thing I loved is – you and I would always play video games when it was raining outside because neither one of us were going outside to play. Right. So I remember one time it was pouring cats and dogs over at mom and dad's house. And you and I sat and played Sega Genesis Aladdin all day. And we finally beat it. We started at like 10, I think paused or saved the game to watch uh, WCW (laughs) And then turned it back on. So we played that game basically all day, minus that two-hour break for WCW. We finally beat the game at like 9 o'clock that night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't know what got into us, but we just were like, okay, we're going to play this damn game, and we're going to beat it today. I don't know what the hell got into us. Man, I can't even imagine having that time on my hands now. Just to be able to sit around and play a video (laughs) game for an entire day. But, yeah, when I was a kid, dude, we could just do stuff like that. You sit around for an entire day and play video games. No problem. I remember one day bionic commando on the original NES. Like I'm kind of talking to the old timers here. That game was the first part of it. Wasn't so hard, but the deeper you got into the game, it was like they ramped up the AI on that thing and it became near impossible. And I spent an entire Saturday playing and beating bionic commando. In fact, bionic commando for the NES was so hard you had one shot at hitting. So think that final scene in Star Wars where Luke is flying his X-Wing down the chute, right? And he's got one shot with that torpedo to get into the Death Star. And then he has to take off and hope that his target is hit, right? Bionic Commando had a part like that. You fell off of this ledge and you think you're plummeting to your death. And dude, you're falling like 100 miles an hour. You're flying. You've got your gun drawn and this target appears and you can see it for a second And you have to time your shot. And when you timed your shot right, you would hit the target and you blew it up. Game over. You win. And I hit it on the first try. I have no idea how I did it. I had never seen that before. Just first try. Boom. I did it. But much like with Aladdin, I started in the morning and I finished that night. (laughs) Like I hated that. I never played that game again. I beat it and I was done with it. And I'm sure Aladdin was the same way. I remember that game being really, really hard. That's why when you mentioned, I was like, oh God, I hate that game. I remember being very difficult, um, like Battletoads. I remember how almost impossible Battletoads was or that, that part in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES where you had to swim through the, the pink yep. coral or whatever. Oh, my yep. gosh. You want to know where rage comes from? 
in this older generation, it comes from those freaking turtle games, dude. So that was my next story was we went to that uh, hole in the wall video store that we used to get all of our Coliseum home videos from. Oh, right. We would also rent the NES games from. Yep. We went there because it was a three day weekend. We went there on a Saturday or Sunday night. We got the Turtles game. They actually had it in because that game was, it, it would come into the video store and somebody else would be taking it right out of the video store. It was like handing it off, basically. Exactly. People knew when the turn-in time was and they just wait for it. Exactly. So somehow we scored it. Scott Scott brings it home. He's all, dude, I got the turtle game. And we're like jumping up and down. We're celebrating this, you know. <laughs> there was much rejoicing. Mom and dad also got us pizza. I mean, it was, it, it's funny. I, I love it. I was thinking back to this time. But the best part was is we got to some of those parts where you had to swim through the electric grass or whatever was hanging down. Oh, God, I'm picturing it now and I'm just, I could feel the rage building inside me. So Scott's playing and he's trying to get through it. He doesn't get through it. So he hands the controller over to me. I die instantly. I hand the controller back to Scott because that's what we did is we always would hand the controller once we died to hand the controller back over, which sucked for me because Scott was always really good at these games. So Scott would start playing and playing and then I'd never get the controller back. But anyways, <laughs> so Scott gets the controller back and he's he's going through and he's trying to swim between these electric whatever. He doesn't get through. Now, you can see the level of frustration starting to build in Scott. Oh, yeah. So he hands the controller back to me. I die instantly. I'm like, okay, okay, here you go. So Scott gets a little bit further, and he dies. Scott is now cursing and (laughs) slamming the Nintendo controller down. Like He's like, dude, what is going on? I was like, I don't know. This thing sucks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, screw this game. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, let's pop in Madden or RBI Baseball or something. (laughs) Let's play Bases Loaded. (laughs) so i remember playing it all next day and then i don't know if we ever got past that part but there was another part where you had to jump over this little water part but you couldn't jump because there was you had a ceiling and you would the turtle would bonk its head on the ceiling and scott was like legitimately cursing at the game the next day mom and dad are just like oh you know, we got to talk to him about this boy's mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Scott's got a Tourette syndrome, apparently. But I don't think we ever, by the time we had to take that game back, I don't think we ever got through that or anything. Uh, no, definitely did not beat it. I think we ended up buying it, and I don't know that I ever beat that game. That game was beyond frustrating, but at least it was better than that first WWF game that came out for the Nintendo. Do you remember how excited we were when Uncle John brought that to us? Oh my goodness, dude. Like, that was the equivalent of finding a pot of gold at our age. Like, yeah. getting that game, Hulk Hogan ripping his shirt off on the cover, we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best thing ever. And I guess when it came out, it was. But now you go back and play it and you're like, what is this? <laughs> it's so bad. But man, back in the mid 80s or what late 80s when that came out, that was the jam, dude. Uncle John brought that home, uh, brought that over to us. Literally, you and I bolted upstairs and we're playing it and we're like, mm, uh. <laughs> it was, our faces was equivalent to drinking a radical skedaddle or something, you know? <laughs> But, uh, dude, I don't know what happened. We were just like, uh, this ain't that great, but we got to keep playing because, one, Uncle John got it for us, and, two, it's WWF. It's Hogan. He's ripping the shirt off. It, 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 Andre's in the game. We got to play. Yeah, but, see, we were used to playing WWF superstars in the arcade, and while that was really good, it didn't have finishers in it. It was really good. 
we were kind of like, okay, high hopes for the Nintendo game. Yeah, not so much. Now, WrestleFest is a whole different story. WrestleFest really raised the bar. The other one I love is when we got Super Nintendo. I know I'm going into another story, but we got a Super Nintendo. We got that WWF WrestleMania game. Oh, gosh. Yes. So Scott and I are coming home from Stone Ridge, which is about 20 miles away out in Pleasanton, California. We're driving home. Scott and I are just sitting in the seats like, all right, dad or mom, can you floor it a little bit? Can you push this thing up to 88 miles an hour? Just take us home. You know, (laughs) we get home, we set it up, get all the RF switches and everything put together. Scott and I start playing. We're like, oh, it's got actual music. This is great. You know, we're all pumped. We sit down and we're like, oh, how do you do a finisher? So Scott pops open the instruction booklet. It uh, doesn't say anything about it, finishers. All right, well, um, all right, let's try this. Let's try this, Scott. So you try this and can't do a finisher. How do we do a finisher? Come to find out there were never any finishers in that game. Nope. The closest you could get was picking Randy Savage and you could jump off the top rope and by default, every guy did an elbow drop off the top rope. So the closest Correct. you could get was Macho Man. Yep. Oh, dude, that was frustrating. <laughs> oh, frustrating is getting the Steel Cage game for the Sega CD Oh, no. And having yes. the Head Shrinkers, having the Nasty Boys, having Money, Inc., all in the game, but you can't play as a tag team. Singles matches only, and it was one of the best tag team rosters ever in a video game up to that point. And so you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can have all these crazy tag team matches, but you can only have singles matches. That yep. was torture. Great game, but man, super limited. Thank you, JT, for your question about food. Yeah, right. How do we spin that in the video games? What the hell? It started with Fall, went to Aladdin. (laughs) Turned into Battletoads and Bionic Commando. And somehow twisted into Steel Cage for the Sega CD. Oh, JT, thank you for your question. (laughs) I swear this is a wrestling figure podcast. When you scratch the surface and you dig a little deeper, it's a wrestling figure podcast. Uh, also we want you guys to check out wrestling toy tracker if you guys are looking at the prices of those retros or maybe defining moments ljn's galoobs hasbro's just toys bendums we want you guys to check out wrestling toy tracker if you guys are in the market for those go on to wrestling toy tracker you can check out the loose prices the carded prices everything else under the sun of over there have that up in a screen have ebay mercari and facebook market and another screen you can check out the prices if you're getting a fair price on those so i want you guys to check out wrestling toy com or on twitter toy underscore tracker scott eagle moss yes guys if you have a pop culture or wwe fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone look no further than eagle moss you can give him a follow on twitter at hero collector underscore check out all of the cool statues under their umbrella from DC to Star Trek to Battlestar Galactica, and of course, from WWE. Excellent line of WWE statues. When you subscribe to their service, they will send you a ring. So I recommend subscribing. You get all your statues, you set them up in a display ring. It's beautiful. Again, Eagle Moss on Twitter at Hero Collector underscore. Also, want you to check out our podcasting buddies, Breaker and Bane, over at Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, where this week their guest is Secret Agent Charlie Shaw, who is a fan, Scott, of Eskimo Cowboy. Boom. Uh, Mic drop. Of who? So check out... <laughs> what, what? Es- Eskimo Cowboy? Yeah, the hype of hype of the greatest song of 2020. You son of a bitch, you did it again. <laughs> Stop shoehorning that reference into the show every week. I will not stand for this. I will have you thrown out. Security! <laughs> 
greatest video and song. So we want you to check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo. A lot of fun of them playing Nintendo as well. Check out Doing the Favor, Scott. This week they talked about Fernando Tatis's home run or Grand Slam that got you a lot of fantasy points. Yes, it did. He has been by far and away my best player on my fantasy team this year. I can't fault the guy. You know, it's a 3-0 count. You throw him a meatball. What's he going to stand there and take it? Of course he's not. Short in season. Patch your stats, buddy. Hit that grand slam. Who cares? Unspoken, unwritten rules. Get out of here with that. Hit your grand slam. Pop your collar. <laughs> round the bases. And put points on my fantasy team. Dude, Sean, uh, special guest Sean, I should say, was going over some of these unwritten rules. Dude, they're so asinine. It's it's like one of those, uh, get off my lawn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're so dated. And uh, the best part is uh, Tatis really didn't need anybody hitting a garbage can to slam that 3-0 pitch. So kudos to him. What are you talking about, dude? Nothing. Astros. Oh, okay. Hey, they beat the Dodgers. Just sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ray. Oh, sorry, boy. Ray. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Ray. Love you, man. <laughs> But also, we want you guys to check out Doing the Favor. Also, check out their website, doingthefavor.com, where they have over there the SKUs, the DPCIs for everything, for links, for Mattel Elites, Decadent Dominance, those figures that are going to be coming out pretty soon, AEW figures. So check out doingthefavor.com, as well as their podcast. We want you guys to check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. They did a special episode They did a history of the WWE, and they were joined by the creator of the history of the WWE website and book series, which was really, really good. So check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I want you guys to check out this new one, Federation Podcast, which is Owen Anderson. Owen is a younger kid who kind of watches these old wrestling shows, and it's interesting hearing what he thinks of it through his eyes, watching the stuff that we grew up on. So it's pretty interesting. So check out the Federation pod over there. Each week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies. Every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. We just recorded episode four of Lucha Figures and Facts, which I think you guys will definitely enjoy. You guys want to tune in and hear who we did. RJ over at Ringside Rant does an excellent show as well. Rucker and White Marty over at Boot to the Face and Scott, Drunk Wrestling History. What you got? Yes, follow the Drunk Wrestling History crew over at Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. Our latest episode covers TakeOver 2015 from Brooklyn, the great Sasha versus Bailey match that is my second favorite match of all time. We go in depth on that one as well as the card itself, and we drink while we do it. Give us a follow again on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. Scott, roll call. Yes, first and foremost, as we do every week, Jeff, the great Jason Wolf. If you need artwork, Jason is your guy. Incredible artist, incredible person, great sense of humor, a great follow on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, at Jason WLF. He's our artist. He should be yours too. And Jeff, I just want to throw it out to our sponsors this week. Uh, Big, big thanks, Manscaped. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use code WFP20. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Of course, I want to throw it out to FOCO. Head over to F-O-C-O, that's FOCO.com. At checkout, use code WFP10. Save yourself 10%. Get yourself some sweet WWE bobbleheads. They've got the new Hogan, Undertaker, Triple H, Edge. Incredible looking bobbleheads. They're beautiful. You'll love them. WFP10 at checkout. 
save yourself 10%. Eagle Moss, check out their cool, cool statues that they've got over there. Not just WWE, but a bunch of different properties. Head over to Eagle Moss, check them out on Twitter at Hero Collector underscore. And finally, Jeff, I just want to throw it out again to all the listeners, as I talked about earlier, taking a negative, turning it into a positive, helping the community every day in multiple ways. You guys mean the world to us. So again, from the bottom of our hearts, I just want to extend a huge thank you to all of you out there listening. That's to our listeners that have been with us since day one, since day 20, to this is your first show listening to us. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in, for making this show what it is today. Just a bottom of our hearts. Thank you to all of you. And Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call. Do you want to talk more video games? Uh, I really don't. You know what? I actually did have a question for you that is, you know, since this is a wrestling figure podcast, technically, uh, was <laughs> kind of wondering, you didn't get any deluxe aggression or deluxe classic figures. No, I didn't. Um, I, I actually, you know what? I take that back. I did purchase one off of Facebook. I was thinking of eBay and Mercari. I did purchase one off Facebook. There was a gentleman that had the Iron Sheik Deluxe Classic. Oh, that's a good one. He had it for a reasonable price, and I bought it off of him. Nice. Very, very nice. So you're slowly but surely checking off that checklist for your Deluxe uh, Classic Superstars. It's going to be a long road on that one, dude. Well, hey, you know, I mean, who has the budget to complete it all at once? So good on you. That's awesome. I'm kind of holding out hope that this trend of legends that we're seeing from WWE Mattel continues. And I'm not just talking the legend series. We know that that's got a few more series lined out. I'm talking more sprinkling them into the elite lines. I'm liking that trend, dude. I'm not a big fan of the exclusives being, you know, the chases or the variants, whatnot. I wish they were just part of the main lines. But looking at who we've gotten, just say over the course of the last year, we've gotten Magnificent Morocco in that Survivor Series set. And right next to him on the wall, you can hang Superstar Billy Graham. We've gotten Blassie. We've gotten Monsoon. We've gotten a beautiful Bobby Heenan and Weasel suit. I am here for these legends. Wendy Richter, Network Exclusive. I'm a big fan of them continuing this trend. There's a Mae Young that you can go pre-order right now. I am here for these legends. And I'm going to make sure that my dollars go towards those Legends figures because I want Mattel to keep going with them. I am hoping that they're able to get more guys and ladies under that umbrella to make Legends figures. I still want to Doom 2-pack. I know I haven't mentioned it in a few weeks. Still want it. Removable masks, even better. Or alternate heads with the masks. Gotta have a Doom set. I've gotta have a Dynamite Kid to go with that beautiful British Bulldog figure that's coming out. We're getting Davey. We're getting Matilda. We've got to have a Dynamite. I want them to release all three Demolition members in face paint. Got to have it. I I need it with the masks, the ring gear. If it's a re-release of the Legends figure from the original line, I'm okay with that too. Just give me that. Most importantly, dude, I want a Mattel Vader again. I need to have a Vader. I want another Bigelow too. I've got the Then Now Forever hanging up on the wall, but I want another Bigelow. I want more of these Legends brought back in full force and yes we have the legends line and yes i'm hoping to see these names pop up but we know that they're not under deals some of them demolition specifically but we've got to have demolition figures i want another set of rockers make it midnight rockers if you have to that would be even better i want road warriors figures again these are the names that i want to see start to pop up when mattel announces more figures i'm liking where the legends are going 
and I want to see more of it. And I'm making sure that every time there's a legend, my money's behind it, supporting it. If they are available to us, we will find a way to get them in the line. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> and that's not, that's not being jokey jokey. That is 100% serious because if there's anybody that's going to make it happen, Steve is the dude. And he won me over with that Harley race in the flashback. Nobody actually owns that figure. I think that thing is just a figment of everybody's imagination. Nobody really owns one. All right, Jeff, I know you do. I'm just, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just mad because <laughs> I don't. But if anybody's going to make more legends happen, it's going to be Steve. And look, I, I totally didn't mention Mr. T, one of the most beautiful figures ever created by Mattel. That Mr. T is excellent. There's going to be more of them. I'm liking what Mattel's doing with these Legends figures. So just kind of a positive shout out to Mattel that thank you for all these Legends. Let's keep it going. Keep more names coming and let's work harder on getting more names under that Legends umbrella. I would kill to have a demolition, dude. And look, Chad, Chad Young, huge congrats on getting that Akeem. That is awesome. That's another name that I want in the Legends line, in the Mattel line, or just throw them into an Elite line. Give us a one-man gang while you're at it. I'm here for it. Give us all the legends. If I could get every name from WrestleMania, uh, let's say one through six, I'm a happy camper. So let's see what we could do to make that happen. So you want Billy Jack Haynes? Yes, I do. You want Hercules? Dude, you throw a name out, I want it. I'll even take David San Martino if I have to. That was my next one. <laughs> I will fund the hell out of Legends. Absolutely. I think, what was the, uh, was it Mr. X? I think Junkyard Dog faced him or the Executioner. I forget who it was at WrestleMania 1. I'll even buy his figure. You would actually buy that figure. Absolutely, 100%. You know what happened is we would get to the time that Mr. X was going to get a figure and you would be like, Oh, but I got to put my money towards G.I. Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's this new Target exclusive line that I'm never going to find, but let me sock the money aside just in case. <laughs> I wish there was m more ways for Mattel to just go out and get the figures or sorry, get people under Legends deals like Jax did back in the day. Yeah. Jax had, Jax had free reign. The handcuffs weren't on them. Mattel is restricted because Steve Ozer obviously wants these same guys that you just mentioned, but there isn't really a way they can do it on their own. They're trying to work with WWE to see if there is a way, but as of right now, there just isn't and they're kind of handcuffed. So yeah. And we know how hard it is to Chris DiPetrillo. He goes out trying to get these guys under deals too. So even if Mattel could, it would be very difficult, but that doesn't change my stance at all. I just want it to happen. Mattel's been doing a great job getting guys made in the line. And look, we may never see another Gorilla Monsoon figure in the Mattel line ever. But what they gave us, that figure's beautiful, dude. And I'm so happy to have it hanging up on my wall. And I just want to see the trend continue. The names we've gotten just over the course of the last year have been incredible. And I want that trend to continue. And I want more. And I hope that Mattel wants more too. And again, if it's going to happen, Steve Ozer is the man to make it happen for sure. Let's not leave out J.J. Dillon or Danny Davis. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And the list goes on. They've been doing a great job. They've been killing it, and I want that trend to continue. My money is here for it. So, Scott, for episode 240, wow. Anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, Fig License 2016, and happy toy hunting want to thank everybody for listening to episode 240 hashtag fig life adios <laughs>
Kings.